Good morning, everybody. Good morning, all things SR, Mr. and Mrs. America around the world. <laughs> um, <laughs> Swifty fans, Kelsey brother fans. A big weekend. In that in that world, playoffs playoffs oh, yeah. are here for American football. And the Swifty invasions coming to Baltimore uh, because I, I've heard that there were huge signs about that. <laughs> you know, I am. It's funny. I mentioned to Sabrina yesterday because my daughter's boyfriend is a massive Baltimore Ravens fan, and I said, you know, it would be kind of fun to go down there and watch the game in a bar because I know it's going to uh-huh. be absolutely bonkers and crazy down there. Um, but I mean, I'm not going to do it because I have too many other things. I have pressing things I have to do. But um, I, it's I kind of want to feel the energy. First of all, Baltimore is a very quirky, funky town, anyway. Um, yeah, especially that one hotel <laughs> down by the harbor where where Edgar's goes. Yeah, yeah. It's a it's a very it's it's really a quirky. I, I love Baltimore. It's really one of my favorite uh, favorite places. There's a lot of fun. People are fun. Um, the good there's a lot of good energy there, and um, yeah, to see that with the Swifties, with the Ravens fans, would be great. Um, that it would be fun. It would be fun. <laughs> yeah, it would be. So yeah, p- playoffs for the American football. Uh, it's going to be a good, fun weekend if you're a sports fan, and it's it's the last weekend in January, friends. Oh yeah, and you also, but the other thing is too, is you're going to have Jason there in the in, yeah. <laughs> I wonder what bowling ball he's going to be drinking out of this week. <laughs> I I am obsessed with the New Heights podcast and and you know the, it's mostly football you know what happened between their games or what other teams but but the two of them get together and start talking about things and and Travis is like oh did you know did you, and did you see <laughs> what, you know what were you doing out there I didn't see this till after the game because when he jumps out the window and he's got no shirt on and. I just found it funny <laughs> the way that he reacted to it. And he, and he said the only thing he didn't get to do while he was there, I think Buffalo has this thing where you have to flop on a table or oh, something. I, that I don't know about. All I know about Buffalo I've, is the I've, wings. I've seen it. <laughs> the hot wings. Well, that mm-hmm. too. But they, but, but they have, but they, like, you know, you know those long folding tables you get, like, for when you're doing church bazaars or, uh, you know, shows of some sort, not big ones like Orlando that you're going to, but mm-hmm. like small college recruitment type stuff. And they're foldable and you oh, can yeah. carry them around. Well, you know, they, 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 apparently the fans jump on them. Oh, wow. Uh, uh, that, yeah. And oh, God. They, 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 <laughs> yeah. to break them. Yeah. Uh, whatever it is, I don't know. But yeah, so. Oh, my gosh. They're hysterical. Yeah, and is also I, a fan. She says she loves New Heights. Um, and uh, I, I, she also mentioned that she birthed a Ravens fan, her youngest, he converted 91, which is shocking in Steelers Nation. Um, <laughs> yes. Those uh, Pittsburghers are really, uh, really devoted to uh, uh, yeah, they the Steelers and the Steelers' uh, legacy. So, But Baltimore's uh, not too far from Pittsburgh, so I can kind of see it. No, not terribly. But I, you know, yeah, I'm glad. Um, you know, my my late husband was a Diamonds fan. I mean, when they lived in Canada, his father made sure that he and his two sons got to see a Giants game at least once a season. Aww. 
and they would travel from Toronto to get to go mm-hmm. to the game. And then, um, and usually by car. Uh, then he had also, he had, before I met him, season tickets to the Giants. Oh, wow. And when he, when he and his first wife divorced, she got the tickets. Ah, that must have been painful. Which, <laughs> that was extremely painful yeah, for him. Yeah, yeah. But the, the, what was more painful is when his son came along and said, you know, I'm a Dallas Cowboys. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Yeah, that would be, so, that would be traumatic. That would be like one of my grandchildren liking the Yankees. <laughs> I'm doing Yankees that to get you going. I like the Yankees. I, I respect the tradition. <laughs> and I only do that because my mom was a, is, is, uh, liked the Yankees because she lived in Long Island as a little girl. So I'm uh-huh. okay with New Yorkers liking the Yankees. That makes sense to me. But this de- this and, devotion and na- internationally is a little crazy. Like in South Africa, I'm not joking. I saw people wearing New York Yankee, Yankee hats. Kits. I'm not even joking. Yeah. And not tourists, uh, yeah. like local South Africans. I'm yeah. like, this is crazy. Well, and you're a dynasty team. <laughs> I know. Now you sound like a Cowboys fan, Pam. <laughs> <laughs> Well, right now the Yankees are playing like the Cowboys are playing. <laughs> and Betty, I, I said that I'm thinking of you as well. She says, "Let's go Yankees!" in the uh, in the chat. And a Long Islander here, as Shell said, I didn't realize that Shell. Um, <laughs> and you startled Shell by the way she had her earbuds in this morning. It was so quiet in the house, and then the music <laughs> came on and it scared her. I've done that too, and I can totally imagine the shock. It's a way to wake yeah, you, you know, up, that's for sure. That is for mm-hmm. sure. Well, you know, once you're and and to have Taylor Swift going on, yeah, for me that that is unusual. <clears throat> for me. But then again, there are other things that I'm very unusual. Yes. With, yeah. Well, and Anna notes that uh, Jordan and Ezra go to the Ravens games in Baltimore. They're planning the opening game for next season. To unveil the Lombardi, uh, they're very excited. Well, and and truthfully, very deserved. Um, they're playing very well this year. Baltimore, Baltimore is on track. Um, the track that the Eagles um, skidded off of and crashed and burned off of, because um, they also had been on track to do, to really play. To to get yeah, back, they won their first, They won ten games. <clears throat> yeah, in a row. to get back, and um, so that is always sad to see a team have a moment like that. But I'm excited for the fans in Baltimore, and I'm hoping that yeah. I'm hoping that uh, leads into uh, the baseball season of uh, of our dreams uh, as Orioles fans. And Betty said, sadly, Paul would probably just wear the baseball cap Julia got him. And that was a Boston Red Sox baseball cap. <laughs> I think you're right. Yeah, but you know, and, but, you know what's and funny he is though. a New Englander, yeah. so again, he gets. I, I, I'm okay if you're supporting your home team. I, I, I get that. I get that. My, what, what I find funny is my cousin Bobby. Um, <clears throat> when he graduated from college, he moved up to Portland, mm-hmm. and he, he lived there for about twenty, twenty three years. I think. Mm-hmm. And both of his sons were born in Maine, and they are both diehard Boston fans. Mm-hmm. Yet, oh, I believe it. Their mother and father were diehard Phillies fans. Oh yeah, because they grew up in the Philadelphia yeah. area. So I, I just find that you know it's very comical. But the other thing that's weird is like having lived in the New York area for so long, you have. Not just Yankees fans, but Mets oh, fans. Oh, definitely. And, no disrespect to and, them. No, and Boston fans. Mm. And it's really fun to, when you, when like if you're going to a wedding of, of like some coworkers or friends, and one's a Boston fan, the other's a Yankee fan, and there's like this tension <laughs> that goes on. It's a lot of fun. Oh, yeah. Well, and, and, well, I, and Betty even notes to that Boston baseball mm. hat is blasphemy for a Yankees fan. And well, let me put it this way. My friend, my uh, good friend, Alicia, uh, when we lived in when I lived in New York and before I got married, um, she was from Braintree, Massachusetts. So obviously Red Sox. Mm -hmm. And 
we would go we would go to these Boston Yankee uh, games, and she purposely would not wear any of her Boston gear. <laughs> Where other times she might, but not not for not for that because they could get vicious. And I understand at Fenway they can get vicious too. So oh yeah. Although I do, I do want to see the game. I have to get up there for a game. Well, I can tell you um, that there, having uh, lived with and among and as part of uh, a fa- of really intense fan base, people are very passionate about their teams, um, and it's you know, I think it's another way for people to rally around together and find community and all the things that we find in our reading community in terms of being able to uh, talk about things that you like and things you have in common and all that kind of fun stuff. Mm-hmm. So it's a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. Um, and it says, I want a Travis touchdown and then the Ravens can win. Um, <laughs> I think that would be sweet. And um, yeah, there's just, uh, so much I see that Cheryl joined. So hello, Cheryl. Hi, Floor. Mm-hmm. Have, uh, yeah, we got Ellie. Ellie's here. on as well, and of course mm-hmm. with our Shell and Anna. And thought I saw Ashley. Did I see Ashley in there? You did. This morning? Ashley was Ashley's <coughs> in and out, and we have Jezebel. Yeah. Here and yeah. Uh, you know, <laughs> Leslie and, and Elena is here with us. As yes, well. yes, yes, yes. And mm-hmm. um, so, yeah, there's a lot of fun. Betty says, ha, ha, ha. I was wondering if P, because Elena had said we don't even speak the P word right now. Patriots, that is, um, being mm-hmm. a New Englander. And Betty says, I was wondering if P was for Pacciani, Professor Payne, Paulina, or whispering Paul. <laughs> nicely stated nicely stated uh, oh yes, yes and elena yes. says betty you always crack me up which is true we do have a lot of things and this isn't a sports show uh but i could talk sports all day um yeah yeah well and and everyone's saying you know elena says she has a family in rochester and they root for the Pats and the Red Sox, except for the husband, he's a Bills and Yankees fan all the way. And Anna notes, at least mm-hmm. the Penguins are a family team. Uh, so, and Jezebel. Yes, they are. Hi from down under. Hello, hello. Happy Australia Day weekend. I'm not sure if I have that right, but mm-hmm. I thought I saw that online. Yes, I was think it yesterday, yesterday was Australia Day. Yesterday on our side, so Two it was days. probably the day before. I know it's that kind of holiday weekend for you. Um, I hope you're having a wonderful mm-hmm. time. Glad you could join us today. We're talking uh, about sports and the passionate fans of sports uh, because in the U.S. we have uh, American football has uh, some major playoff games this weekend. And I'm glad you could join us. We are just about mm-hmm. to uh, turn our attention to news from the man, the myth, the legend uh, himself, SR. Yes, yes, it is. <laughs> um, well, let's see what we got here. All right, we've got the Lenten reading coming up. And uh, that's The Way of the Pilgrim. And he is using the RM French translation. My book actually arrives today through Barnes and Noble. Thank you very much. Nice. And um, uh, you know, he said that this is a favorite of his. It had been mentioned in Gabriel's Redemption. What it, it follows the a Russian pilgrim on his journey in learning how to pray, and it's from the mid nineteenth century uh, Russian Orthodox spirituality. When it begins uh, February fourteenth, and checks. You check his blog post, and he, you know, he'll be a, a guest on to discuss it. But that we haven't dis- settled on a date yet. He also noticed that the past the Passion Flicks was sharing a discount code with the readers, and you'll get fifteen uh, percent off the Passion Flicks store. And I, I forget what it is. It's I think P something. I'm looking it up now. I time. am putting in the chat, by the way, uh, the blog link that has links to the Lenten reading. Because if you want to join, I think it's a great idea 
And as much as uh, I had joked about it, I actually am um, trying to get my hands on the book so I can actually read it along. And you, it can also be on Kindle and Nook. Um, it's available on, on as e-reader. Uh, it is also in Russian. So any of our Russianers, if you wanted to, to uh, join in, please, we'd love to have you with us. So. Yeah, that would be good. And I'm um, looking up the Passion Flicks uh, code. So we can um, share that as well. I'll, I'll plop that in. Everything is always better when there's a discount, Betty says. Isn't that the truth? And guess what I bought? What did you buy? And I shouldn't have. The blanket. You got the blanket. I did. I did. I ordered it last night. I've heard they're really nice. I've heard that too. I don't know. Does anyone in uh, the chat room, uh, has anyone ordered the Passion Flicks blanket uh, from uh, the Gabriel's series uh, swag Collection. that they have? Mm -hmm. I'm just curious because I heard they were really, really nice. Didn't, didn't Kenzie get one? I think she, she might have. Um, but I think, yeah, I think that would be. A really good thing. It's so toasty, Pam. You'll love it. Elena, I think Elena oh, has good, one. Good. Aha. Uh -huh. Well, that'll that'll be an addition to my bed. <laughs> for Walter to get 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 cuddled up with. My my poor old crusty dude. The other night I had to look up for him. He was lying in his bed, and I was uh, working on something in the kitchen, and uh, I was getting ready to go upstairs, and I and I turned and. I looked down at him, and I had to sit there for a minute and watch him because I couldn't couldn't see him breathing. Aww. And and being that he's he'll be seventeen in March. Yeah. Know, it's, you know he he he's a crusty old man, and that's nothing wrong with that. And uh, but <laughs> I posted a picture of it. I think Elena saw it. <laughs> But he was, he was, he was, uh, yeah, he was awake. <laughs> he woke up. <laughs> well, that's a good thing. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, some, uh, some folks are planning on getting them. Floor saying it's so cozy. I have it. Uh, Anna says, sorry, my Ugg blankets are a hundred percent. Ooh, I didn't even think about Ugg blankets. They're the... It's the only thing that keeps my feet warm at uh, during the winter. Um, I have uh, not the not the traditional UGG boots that you see, but some other ones that are made by them, and they've really helped keep me from freezing this past couple weeks. Yeah, uh, yeah I've had the good. I've had the boots too. I like them. Yeah. I wore them so much that I wore the soles out. <laughs> <laughs> well. Um, yeah, that's nice and toasty. So enjoy the blanket. I am having trouble finding the code. I will look. I'll keep looking though. When after, uh, as we're discussing um, the book, okay. And we are now at chapter thirty-two of Redemption, which is hard to believe. About I'd say a third of the way through the book, and unlike the past couple chapters, which were short, and we had to combine them because they were so short. Uh, chapter 32 mm -hmm. is another marathon chapter that SR likes to throw upon us. Um, so we are discussing part one of chapter 32 today. We anticipate there'll probably be two more. Three parts? Yeah, two more parts after total. This. So yeah. chapter 32, uh, they are in Umbria. I wish we were all there right now with them. Um, yes, Eshelle says, this is a girthy chapter. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and Anna notes she needs the last set of DVDs. Yeah, I was thinking that too. And I need all of them. I didn't get them, and I'm thinking with the with the discount, this might be my time to do it because I think uh -huh. I will regret it if I don't. Um, so, chapter thirty two, as you know, there have just been a lot of intense happenings uh, the earlier in the day. 
the revelation that uh, Tom's child, Tom's unborn child, Julia's stepbrother, um, is in uh, dire health condition with, um, uh, they've detected a heart condition um, and they are they called them and told them about it in um, from the hospital in Philadelphia and so there's been a lot of emotion a very intense day uh, so we start chapter 32 at night um, in the middle of the night early morning um, after Gabriel had really couldn't sleep, was very upset and really was, was craving um, things he shouldn't have craved and hadn't craved in a while. So he sat brooding in the dark and he could hear Julia coming out and calling for him. Gabriel she asked what he was doing, seeing him smoking and holding a drink. And he said nothing as he took a drag off of the cigarette. Julie was surprised, saying, he, you know, you're, you're not a smoker. Why are, you, why are you having your cigarette? And Gabriel said, well, I am a smoker, but I usually smoke cigars. Then as she looked at the glass, he gave her a mock salute and told her not to worry. It was a Coca-Cola. He preferred Laphroaig, but there was none. Um, and she knew that because they had no alcohol in the, uh, in the house except for uh, wine that she knew he wouldn't drink. Then as she looked at the glass, or I should say, you know, she was concerned because he's sitting there smoking cradling a glass as if it would be um, something uh, with spirits in it. And he was in a really foul mood. And he said, he definitely knew there's no alcohol in the house. No alcohol except for that wine. And Julia said, there's only white because he did not like red. And Gabriel put down the cigarette and pulled Julia's bottom lip that she had been biting and saying, don't. He could see she was visibly getting upset with how he was acting and him being in a bad mood. Um, and the silence stretched for miles and was deafening. You know, he being in a bad mood, she waking up to see him in this condition um, the intensity of the feelings and discussion from the day before. She just had nothing to say. So she turned and said goodnight. But Gabriel stopped her from leaving the room. And he said, I need to ask you something. And you can tell his wheels have been turning. He's been churning on something. Um, and he asked, how healthy are you? Which... Okay, think about uh, how would you feel if someone you're in a committed relationship with was in a crappy mood and you couldn't figure out what's getting to them and they're acting, uh, they're acting erratically um, and there was this intensity and yeah, Anna, the cigarettes would be what I'd hate too. Anna noted that. Mm -hmm. Um, and, you know, then they kind of throw out this question that seems to be coming from a completely different place, very unexpected field, if we continue our sports, um, discussion. So, and he said, so you mean to tell me no one drinks chamomile tea when they're stressed? I think that would have been a better, a better choice uh, for Gabriel there. Uh, <laughs> Betty says, "Oh my God, no. intense cookie." <laughs> yes, he is. He yes, really he is. is. I know. I I know. When I first got married, when Jim would get like that, I would be like, mm. you know, didn't know 
didn't know how to handle it. Of course, we only knew each other three weeks before we got married, so <laughs> it took a while. But but that's part of the but, process. <clears throat> that's part of the process. And it absolutely it is, absolutely mm-hmm. it is. And uh, you know, once we progressed on in our our lives, you know, it was easier to tell if he was in a bad mood, whether to leave him alone or just talk it out with him. You know, let him come to you when he's ready. Mm-hmm. Well, and it's a good point too. They're still fairly newlyweds, right? This is still early in their mm-hmm. in their marriage, so you know, some uh, a learning moment, as as someone could say. So, yep. And <laughs> oh, yes, go ahead. <laughs> she'd never seen him in that alcoholic frenzy either of wanting a drink. Yeah, not having that craving and knowing you can't. Have She's one. seen him full out. Yeah full out drunk but not in the um yeah not in the, not in the regard that as uh, you know when when alcoholics they tend to have these uh, moments mm-hmm. when they want to drink and they know that no they're not going to have one and then and they get into an even more foul mood sometimes yeah yeah and um Betty made the comment that it's crazy to me to think that some people don't even have this discussion before getting pregnant Health and family history is important if you ever plan to have kids in the future. And you are very, very right on that, Betty. Um, you know, but at this point, Gabe, or Julia has no idea why he's asking how healthy she is. And this annoyed her. It was after midnight. And he was asking about her health. She told him that she has low blood pressure, probably from her mother, and low iron with and she takes a supplement for that. And Gabriel noted he didn't know that, but he did note the low blood pressure was probably genetic. And she thought it was really odd that he asked, considering he was out there smoking a cigarette. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I thought that was kind of funny, too. It's like, uh, yeah, um, it is a bit odd that he'd be concerned about health as he's puffing away. And also drinking, uh, you know, drinking a Coke, which is loaded with sugar and caffeine. And um, so she thought, you know, well, it was better than cocaine. He said it was better than cocaine, to be clear, um, which is a bit of a snarky uh, response. Um, But true for him. And then he asked how her mother died. And wow, I mean, so he was definitely churning on this uh, oh yeah asking her what her health is like and then how her mother died and she pulled away from him asking why is he asking these why are you asking these questions she had told him that she died while she was living with her father but gabriel wanted to know if there were any specific health issues or if it was an accident um and she said she died when she fell down some steps and broke her neck. Then she asked if you was happy now. Are you glad that you, I had to tell that to you? So she was pretty upset at this point. She turned to go to the bedroom and he grabbed her arm asking, Julianne. And she wasn't too happy about this. And she said, I love you, but you can be a cold son of a bitch. Yes, and can. he left his drink and cigarette and said he wouldn't deny that. And Julia noted that something was bothering him, but instead of discussing it with your wife, he'd rather discuss it with the Umbrian countryside having a drink and a cigarette. And, you know, in the chat, I can see that a couple comments were happening. Julia wants Gabriel to communicate shell notes, but when he does, she gets mad. Listen, chick, you don't get to determine when he shares his concerns or feelings. And Betty said, I wouldn't stand next to Gabriel if he is smoking. I love my lungs way too much. And Shell said, Julia can be an oblivious and judgmental fool. So, you know, Julia more or less said, I don't want to be mind fucked. And he said he wasn't, but she did not like him spelunking through her unhappy memories. Um, you know, he, I love, I that, love that too. This, that, that whole phrase was, is really great. And, you know, 
she was upset. And I think rightly so, him pulling this out of her. But again, it's this having this uh, discussion. And she also needs to respect him and respect mm-hmm. that he might need some time. Um, Anna notes Julianne is used to Gabriel placating her. She also has no frame of reference aside from her parents and relationships and conflict resolution. And Gabriel has the Clarks as a positive reference. Julianne is very accusatory and cold in her own way. So all good points, Anna. All good points. And and we all can be at times. Mm-hmm. With, even without recognizing. We're human, so. right? We're human. Mm-hmm. Yep. So. But I do I think, think she, I she, would have been frustrated with Gabriel if he didn't say why he's asking these questions. I mean, having, being out in the middle of, if, if you're asking about how your health is, I'd be like, oh my gosh, what's going on? Does Gabriel have a health issue? Like what, what's, what's he driving at? Why, why, what's keeping him up at night? What's keeping him up I think, at night? I, well, I also say as, as far as Julia goes, I mean, she wakes up, he's not in bed. She goes to find him. She finds him smoking a cigarette with a glass in front of him and brooding. Right. So she, you know, so she has, yeah, when, when you're woken up in the middle of the night and confronted with certain things, it's like, you know, you're just not ready for it. You know, yeah. You have to do it, deal with it, so. True, true. And, um. Now, now he's. Oh, go ahead. No, go ahead. I was just going to say, Shell said he, he asked she didn't have to answer. Again, she's making Gabriel out to be the bad guy. Anna says it's okay mm-hmm. for Julianne to question, but not okay for Gabriel to ask her questions. And um, Shell says she's constantly trying to pry shite out of him. And Betty said, I guess mm-hmm. it's all in the tone, which I think they're all good comments, guys. That is, they are. And, uh, you know, I think one of the things that gets me with with her is, you know, I try to give her a break saying she was, wasn't awake yet, but she does, she does have some deficits in that area mm-hmm. in relationship, you know. Um, I can remember before I got married, the priest talking to me about, um, uh, you know, talking to two of us, why are you getting married so soon, number mm-hmm. one? <laughs> but, you know, conflict and stuff like that, so... And how you have to listen to each other. So, Communications anyway, so is key. He, that's right. And I can, uh, you know, he chuckled at her and his uh, comments about, um, you know, spelunking. He thought that was like funny because she's got ex- excellent vocabulary. That's that's. It's not something I would have chosen to say. <laughs> I loved that, though. I thought that was so funny. Yeah. And, you know, she struggled with him, but then he kissed her, and she could, he could taste the tobacco, and it was gentle but insistent and yuck. I mean, no offense, but kissing an ashtray is not, not fun these days. Mm-hmm. If you understand what I'm saying. So... Um, he apologized because uh, she softened into him. He apologized for his foul mood, but and also he didn't want to take it out on her. And she agreed with him in telling him that there, there, that there, if there's something special on her mind, she talks to him, which is not totally true. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know. Everyone struggles from time to time, but you can't bring up certain to- topics so indelicately like he just mm-hmm. did. Um, uh, he, be- you know, then he asked and she forgave him, but he was scaring her with a. He had been looking for the scotch and talking about cocaine, and asking how her mother died, and she wanted to know what was going on. And I think I would have probably done the same thing. Uh, but Gabriel wasn't having it. He was in a foul mood and ha- and hadn't they had enough distress for one day? Let's just go to bed. Or why don't you send, he's sending her off to bed. And part of her wanted to go to bed, but 
she also saw he was in distress and if she did not intervene she would probably fall into a he would probably fall into a, a depression and or worse <clears throat> he would have actually gone out and looked for all this you know gone to the local grocery store in, in Italy and picked up a bottle of something or whatever and at that point in alcoholics life it doesn't matter whether it's Lafroig or whether it's a bottle of vodka actually um so she held out her pinky finger because you know how they you know they always like to lock pinkies when they're in Oxford mm -hmm. what have you and she's like come on let's go and uh she, you know, he was upset. And before they were together, how did how did you get out of this foul mood that you're in? And he told her he would drink two coke and cue so Marvin Gaye. She, man. <laughs> um, cue the train going into the tunnel and the smut. No. <laughs> there's and there's a lot. If I can jump, uh, add add. There's a, the a lot of. Uh, going on here in the chat room so I wanted to add a couple things um, Anna asked where did the cigarettes come from they don't have his alcohol but they have her wine um, I think that the alcohol and the wine was intentional I think he didn't want to have it in and I'm, I was guessing maybe he picked up the cigarettes because he did go out of the house that's what I thought he did because he did grab the car keys yeah I think, and that I, would have been a good question to I, ask SR, actually, Anna. Yeah. And the other thing was, is, is I don't think that they had Coke in the house. Oh, yeah. So he, so he may have picked it up at a, at a, a convenience store. Yeah. Although in Italy, they sell wine and liquor in convenience stores and grocery stores. So it's not, you know. Yeah. It's not like... Uh, that wasn't there for him, but he just picked up the Coke and cigarettes, which was a good yeah. thing. Shell notes that he is all about her comfort. And Anna said, finding him puffing a cigar with an espresso would have been okay. <laughs> Not necessarily. Yeah, I know. Betty said, question, if the novel were to take place in the present time, do you think Gabriel might find some kind of distraction from watching videos on YouTube or any other social media platform? Maybe he would seek help from reading an article about how to deal with stress. I doubt it. I don't know. That's an interesting thought. It's an interesting idea, but I think if, if when, when an alcoholic gets into that part of their moods, you know, they're not looking to find something that will placate the mood. They're looking for something right yeah, away. Yeah, and actually Shell kind of tags into that. If she were supportive, there wouldn't be any alcohol. Um, mm -hmm. but that's one thing we don't know. We don't know if that was a Julia choice, if that was a Gabriel choice. Um, cause I think Gabriel feels like he can be around alcohol. So yeah, there are, there are some, so he I, may have I, I done, remember. he may have acquiesced to not having the things he wanted or he used to drink just to placate her. You know, I could see him doing that. Right. Um, yeah. rightly or wrongly. Um, Floor notes that Gabriel's mind was so scattered in this conversation. So her actions are warranted seeing him in the state he was and then asking about her mom from one extreme to another. And Betty agreed about the alcohol. I agree. Why have alcohol if he had problems with alcohol? Why not stick with water, orange, and cranberry juice? You know, it's funny because I, I, I do know alcoholics that they, if they know you're coming, they'll pick up a a bottle of what you may be drinking if you're not, you know, if you are a drinker and not an alcoholic. Mm -hmm. um, my, I think my dad used to do that when we would go to visit him. He might pick up a bottle of wine or something with dinner yeah. for us. Or, yeah. or ask, you know, say if you want to bring it. But um, it, it's normally, no. I, you know, you, you, you try to stay away from it unless they're comfortable with it. Yeah. And I think it depends upon, well, it's a struggle every day. I think it depends upon where you are in your healing process. Yeah. If you know oh, I mean. yeah. And uh, our, our Australian friend notes that alcohol is Julianne's trigger. Her back was up immediately and especially seeing he was smoking. Short and sharp in conversation. So she was matching his demeanor. 
Um, at, right, and I think that that was due to her mother. Right, right, and I that is an element to keep in mind. That is a specific, uh, very very specific to her having that mm-hmm. sensitivity because of her mother. Mm-hmm. And in terms of talking um, and sharing, Anna says, yeah, right. Julianne talked to Paul for F's sake and Gabriel apologized for being pissed just to placate her. And may- <laughs> Betty, mm-hmm. Betty and her love of Paul. I love it. Maybe Gabriel needs to talk to Paul. I'm sure if Julie is out of the picture, they could be friends. <laughs> And Betty said, maybe instead of cigarettes, Gabriel should have bought ice cream and cookies, or maybe that's just me. I like that. <laughs> Betty, you are priceless. I'd do the ice cream. I'd done, I don't think I'd do the cookies, but I would definitely oh my do gosh. the ice cream. All the sweets. All the sweets. Of, I like having all the sweets. Coffee is always wonderful. <laughs> um, and Elena had pointed out during this chapter, I felt, or this part of the chapter anyway, I felt that Julia should have been more stronger, should have been stronger and more insistent of a better explanation from him in this situation. She should have been able to get him to explain further instead of getting upset herself. Support your guy a little better, girl. But that's not in her character. Or at least it's not in this, not in this stage of her character's development. Yeah. And, Anna noted, yeah. and Anna noted there are other modes of treatment that do not require abstinence. They also work well. Rational recovery, harm reduction are two good. Ones. And thank you for that, Anna. I know you had you had referenced yeah. that. I think last week, maybe or the other week. I think um, so. Yeah, which I think yeah. can be really helpful too, depending on the person and the situation. Mm-hmm. And it, it, that, that's just it. The the person and the and what have you. Um. So as as uh, he told her what he would do which would be, if you remember back at the days of the uh, yes. lobby. Yeah. You know, he would uh, find somebody and uh, screw around. And she she asked, did it work? He said that, you know, at the time it was all right, and in the morning the troubles would all be there again. Um. So she said, let's go. And he was curious to where, and Julia said, to bed, to work out their moods. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Gabriel held back, saying that was not a good idea. Julia asked if he loved it, loved her. Of course, he said. Asked if he would hurt her. No, absolutely not. Who do you think I, I he I am? He was he said. You should. He replied, "You're my husband. You need to work out your bad mood." And uh, so again, yeah. cue Marvin Gaye. Sexual healing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, in the and a little Barry and a, a little, little Barry, Barry White, White to boot. Anna said Julianne has always thought she was the expert in alcoholics because of her mother. She never had any education or therapy to reach her conclusions, Miss High and Mighty. Um, and that is true. That yeah, is true. but I, 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 I give Julia a little slack on this one. I can understand her being super over the top sensitive to it, but she needs to be able to respect show Gabriel mm-hmm. some respect here um, and Shell said truth Anna and she said she Anna notes she's con- very condescending in this response and, and Betty also <laughs> suggests watching films on Netflix could help too <laughs> oh, <dear> God, Betty <laughs> distraction technique I know it works yes, for yes. I don't know if it would work for Gabriel <laughs> I, uh, yeah, that, that, he's just too strong a personality for that. But, um, you know, he, he said, you know, mm-hmm. he always, he would make love to her. He didn't, you know, screw around with her. And uh, so she asked if he, if he would prefer to find someone else if he could. And he was like, no. Mm-hmm. But... Uh, but she didn't know what she was talking about. But Julia did know that that she was talking. But Julia did know what he was talking about. He didn't touch her when they got in, had gotten into bed earlier, and she said she needed him, but he had said no. And didn't he understand that she needed what he craved? She needed to forget that she was about to lose the only sibling she ever had, and and asked, please. 
and probably not in a uh, begging way either. Um, and Gabriel, now he's torn about this. And she could see that, he, that his eagerness radiated off his skin, but he was still a little apprehensive. And soon he was, she kissed him deeply, and soon he was controlling the kiss. He ra she wrapped her legs around him, and they walked off into the sunset. <laughs> <laughs> yes, they walked off into the sunset. And uh, waiting for the... That oh, my gosh. <laughs> um, yeah, Anna says, 50 shades, you asked for it, Jay. <laughs> and Shell said, that's a stupid question for her to ask. Do you want someone else? And then I said, now she's being really silly and dumb. Hmm, Betty said, this reminds me oh. of someone who else who uses intimacy to release stress. Cough, cough, Willie. Shell says, no means no. <laughs> she's pushing for sex when he didn't want to engage. Yeah, it goes both ways. No means no does go both ways. But I, I, th I think that he was just more afraid that he was that he would hurt her in some respect as, a part, as opposed to not wanting to have sex. Yeah, I, I can see that. I, I, I get that. And I think this also goes with his treating her carefully and gently and uh, mm -hmm. feeling that she's um, on, on the pedestal in a way. Yeah, she's right. the precious. And I think that I think that it's a matter of trust between both of them that he needs to trust that if she's not comfortable, she'll say something, which I know is mm -hmm. difficult because of her communications issues. Um, mm -hmm. <laughs> uh he said, you know, role-playing would come in handy right now. A wig would help, too. Shell said, I can see him not wanting to no, hurt her, but she doesn't have that thinking of him. Right. And a little role-play is fun. You know. Well, I think, you know, I joked about distraction, it, but I think it, sometimes this is a distraction. It's, it's also a way to connect in, in an intimate manner. Which it Absolutely. seems like they're disconnected. So having that craving um, to try and get back and sync to try and sync up, I think is important. Anna says he treats her like a crystal goblet that's already cracked. Um, and Anna, Elena said, you must be a real hard ass therapist. And I say it in the most respectful way. I bet you help many, many folks. With your therapy style, I love it. So I know we have our resident therapist uh, at All Things SR. Um, and I, I think it's actually really great because it adds so much to the podcast. So thank you for that, Anna. Um, well, one, one, of the, one of the things that, that I, I, can, I can relate to is the, the need for intimacy when you're going through struggles. Yeah. You know, because uh, especially with your spouse or your significant other, there there's comfort that can be given and shared at the same time in the, in those intimate moments. And sometimes, you know, you know, sometimes you need it. Sometimes your your significant other needs it too. I mean, it's so uh, I I can I can understand that. That's that doesn't doesn't really bother yeah. me in any. And and it's this is not a reciprocal relationship. He's still paying for his past, and she is uh, still has a long tab running. And Anna agree or Shell agrees. Um, <laughs> Betty said Anna is the Catherine victim of it's therapy. <laughs> so Anna, do you use the term cod swallow? That's what I want to know. Um, yes, she's throwing stones, living in her glass house. Shell said, I I do think mm -hmm. though. I think this way of trying to connect um, and I, is, is fine. And I think this kind of feeds into the questions we asked SR. Um, Anna says, I do shoot straight. Julianne would be bawling and Gabriel and I would have some to come to Jesus to not offer the comfort. 
hashtag Cobb Swallow for the win. Cod Michelle said. for the win. <laughs> sketchy, sketchy Guido on Cod Swallow for the win. <laughs> and Anna says, no, I don't say that. I say cut the fucking shit. <laughs> quote, unquote. So, <laughs> straight uh, shooting uh, it is. Uh, um, we actually asked yes. SR a few questions, and, and um, mm-hmm. I, I I was able to break it into two, Pam, so I can I can read that. Okay, good. One, uh, sure. one a minor question, but we were curious. Um, why did you choose a cigarette over a cigar? As he brooded, why did SR write that in? And SR said, I think he used to smoke cigarettes back when he was at Harvard, and sometimes when he was drinking. So I. I really, I could not personally relate to that, but I understood and related to that in terms of the bar culture, in terms of the using cigarettes as, you know, as something to do. Um, A lot of my friends who are former smokers would only said, oh yeah, but I'd only smoke at the bar or I'd only smoke when I was out. You know, it's like, it's like you have your, you had to have things in your hands. You had a drink in one hand and your cigarette in the other. And part of it was that, Mm -hmm. that physicality of something to do with your hands. Um, Some of it is the smoking itself and what you would get out of that. Um, And I think this was kind of a pattern. Uh, it, It was kind of a muscle memory for him in a way, just falling back into something he used to do. Um. (laughs) <laughs> Shell says cigars are for lobby. <laughs> Anna says I actually have a jar of little die cut. Depends upon the cigar. Die cut fucks on my desk. I dole them out very judiciously. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, you know, as, as a former smoker, I I personally have not had this craving, but I know my sister has, and she's a former smoker as well. Um, where when something you know, your, your nerves are shot or something's been totally upsetting you. Somehow a, a cigarette will placate that. Mm-hmm. And she's often said there are days when, you know, she craves a cigarette. She hasn't, and she hasn't smoked in over 20 years. I haven't smoked in almost 40 years. Wow. And uh, wow. I, to the idea of putting anything, inhaling anything into my lungs just freaks me out. Don't ask why. I don't know why. But it, I mean, I can feel the pain in my lungs, which is very weird. So I don't really have that craving like, like some people. Yeah. It's, it's, yeah, it's, it's really interesting. And that's also so different per person. I, and that amazes me. Uh, Betty says, so no fake smoking Mm -hmm. with a pretzel. (laughs) No, Um, no. Or or going to the the uh, corner candy store and getting those fake yeah. either bubble gum or peppermint cigarettes she- that we used to get as kids. Shell says cigarettes are the student's way, so that's that's true too. Um, Anna notes cigars are also the back porch with Richard. Um, mm-hmm. Betty said, "I'll never understand smoking. I bite my nails if I'm stressed." Um, Elena said, uh, same here, Leslie. I have a friend who hasn't smoked in 30 years, but every once in a while, while we're out for drinks, she'll say, if I could just have one cigarette, I still miss them. Um, mm-hmm. Anna notes, so will a good truffle, yum. That's true. That's Jezebel true. says, I think due to her past with her mother and her bad relationship with Simon, Julianne needs to finally feel in control of her life direction as much as she loves gabriel she's always apprehensive of it going wrong she says herself to gabriel you will tire of me so in a way she's self-sabotaging uh yeah good point uh shell notes um very good point and licorice sticks for miles and wait with me licorice sticks were the way um (laughs) that yeah was it red licorice or black licorice oh my gosh i'm trying to remember do you guys remember which uh, kind of licorice it was Anyway, Miles, love it. And I love uh, Andrew for portraying that character so beautifully. Um, the other question we had, uh, Shell says for her, cursing helps her relieve stress. 
<laughs> and it was red licorice, Elena said. Okay, uh, I thought so. Um, good call on that. Only Twizzlers. Mm. Only Twizzlers. I don't like red wine. <laughs> <laughs> it just has to be fresh. It just has to be fresh and not stale. And, of course, if I can have black licorice, I'd be... <laughs> and he keeps one tucked behind his ear. Miles keeps one tucked behind his ear, which people do with their cigarettes, too. Um, That's true. And it says, quit projecting her mother and Simon onto Gabriel. Give him the forgiveness and forget she's... Um, for, forget she's given forget Tom. Forget she's given Tom. Um, give him... Yeah, essentially, she's gave. Yeah, she's, she's giving Tom a pass and forgiving him. She wants right. Anna wants him to, her to forgive to, Gabriel, and put things in the past with him the way she's done with Tom. Um, yeah. So, what uh, the last question we had asked us are, um, is did and Anna notes. Or Shell also agrees Gabriel deserves it more than Tom, and I think it it goes back to forgiveness and respect and and confidence. Um, but Betty said, "You know what helps? Honest meditation. The app is a lifesaver." So, ah, <laughs> oh, God, I laugh at that app all the time. It's good. It is good. <laughs> yeah. It is. Give no fucks. Yes. <laughs> you could, or you could go get one from uh, Anna's desktop. Uh, <laughs> but getting back to the question, the last one we had for SR was, did Julia knowingly intend to seduce Gabriel when she asked him what he did when he got into a foul mood before they were together? Um, you know, and he said, I don't think Julianne was intentionally trying to seduce him but trying to understand him. Through her own therapeutic development, she's familiar with the idea of a coping mechanism. And I think she was genuinely curious what Gabriel used to do. I think she was sincerely trying to help him, but also craving a connection with him and a way of bridging the distance. And he also continued on, this is a complicated scene. Um, actually, I'm gonna put that in here in the chat. And um, he went on to say, this is a complicated scene. Recovery is hard work. And at this point, Gabriel's beginning to realize that what he thought he'd mastered is still plaguing him. And the old ways he used to deal with trouble are now out of bounds. This was a difficult scene to write. But over the years, I've heard from readers that it's one of their favorites. So I think he... I thought that was pretty insightful from SR, um, mm -hmm. kind of the way he approached it. <laughs> and I thought, you know, the fact that he knew about coping mechanisms and she knew about coping mechanisms. And I, I think the curiosity point was a good one too you know she kind of wanted to see mm -hmm. Gabriel kind of losing control worst. in a yeah. way and he also wrote it in efforts saying that she was sincerely trying to help him but also craving a connection with him and a way of bridging the distance mm -hmm. and again it's a communication mm -hmm. thing when, when you get that one so and I thought that was interesting that he, over the years, heard this is one of their favorite scenes. So, yeah, very insightful, as always, from, mm -hmm. as always from our dear SR. Mm -hmm. and the, it, living in the tundra of the, the Great White mm -hmm. Horse. <laughs> yeah. Although I don't think it's much of a tundra today, I'm not sure. Mm -hmm. Last week it was, for definitely. Yeah, Betty said that is interesting. And Anna's take was, she had that daddy fantasy, now Tom is back and all angst is forgotten. 
she's wanted Gabriel since she stole his picture. She saw him in the throes of angst and was willing to fuck in the apple orchard at 17. Mm-hmm. Now she's an uppity bitch sometimes. Yes, she can be. But, the, you know, but if there, but as Betty says, if this were Nicholas, he would release stress by swimming. <laughs> I think Nicholas would release stress the same way with Acacia. Uh, Let's just be clear. Yeah. But it, it's coming in a different direction. And I think mm-hmm. um, I think the point of the connection is a good one. Bridging, yeah, trying to bridge is. the distance. You know, using actions, not words in this case. Mm-hmm. Um but I thought it was insightful, and I thought I was glad that SR responded to those questions. Mm-hmm. So, more to come next to the next part Absolutely. of chapter thirty. Chapter thirty-two, we get into the nitty gritty. Oh boy, I can't wait to put that together. <laughs> hey. I know it's weird I know it's weird I I have a I have trouble writing about sex scenes I don't think that's weird I think that's pretty common even for romance writers I know a lot of them struggle with that so I know SR struggles with it so when you're when you're uh, when you're summarizing the sex scenes I can I can get it. Mm-hmm. But, yeah. So. Next Saturday morning will be a little spicy, ladies. So be prepared. Be prepared. Yes, the fireworks, <laughs> as Betty says. Yes, the fireworks, <laughs> the train going into the tunnel, leaving off the steam. And <laughs> Anna said they could have gone swimming in the hot tub. Betty says, hey, I wonder, would milking a cow help Gabriel really, really stress? <laughs> Paul could use this as therapy. <laughs> And then, and as Anna said, "Yay, the nitty gritty!" Uh, <laughs> I can't wait. Betty said, "I couldn't tell." Reminds me. It reminds me. Such intense intimacy scenes. This is true, it, Betty. I know it, it almost seems like he's effortlessly writing about um, those very private moments, but well, it reminds me of uh, Harrison Ford in Witness when he goes to milk the cow. <laughs> Oh my gosh! <laughs> and 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 the the, the uh, father-in-law of the girl says, "You've never held your hand on a teeth before." <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> Floor says, "I can't wait." Anna said, "Honestly, sessions where there's sexual dis- there's a sexual discussion are very revealing. I can only imagine." Shell says, "Julia says oh, she's yeah. disappointed oh, yeah. in the man." Um, he came, but now she wants to use his expertise. Cheryl says, like my friend says, the only sex she gets is in books. LOL. (laughs) Well, you know, these days that's about the end of it, but it, it, you know, you, 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 you deal with, you deal to have, sometimes you have to take things into your own hands. Okay. Kim, you were priceless. Never change. Never change, friend. Oh, my <laughs> gosh. And on that note. <laughs> on that note, I am going to leave us with a little Ricky Nelson this <laughs> Anna just notes, too, you'd be surprised what the dowdy librarian reveals. <laughs> it's always That's the quiet true. ones, right, Anna? Always the quiet ones. The one with glasses. <laughs> Oh, my gosh. Have a great week, as Cheryl notes. And thank you yes. for joining us. Yes. It's always a good discussion. Um, wishing you lots of uh, wonderful times this weekend. If you need a rest, I hope you get to take it. Um, thank you. You guys are what make the podcast really entertaining and very insightful. Absolutely. So thank you for joining us. Absolutely. And we will see you next week. Be prepared for sexy and- times. And <laughs> we'll we'll see you then. Have a wonderful, wonderful rest of the week. Have a good one, folks.
Waiting for me 